see the verse reading from Srimad Bhagavad Gita chapter 4 text 35 Yajnatvana punarmoham evam evam yasyasi pandava yena bhutani aseshani triyakshasi atmani atomai Translation purport by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhakti Vedanta Swami Shala Prabhupada <coughs> Translation Having obtained real knowledge from a self-realized soul, you will never fall again into such illusion. For by this knowledge, you will see that all living beings are but part of the Supreme, or in other words, they are mine. Please repeat. Having obtained real knowledge, from a self-realized soul, you will never fall again into such illusion. For by this knowledge, you will see that all living beings are but a part of the Supreme, or in other words, they are mine. The result of receiving knowledge from a self-realized soul, or one who knows things as they are, is learning that all living beings are part and parcel of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Sri Krishna. The sense of an existence separate from Krishna is called Maya, Ma, not Ya, this. Something that we have nothing to do with Krishna, that Krishna is only a great historical personality, and that the Absolute is the impersonal Brahman. Actually, as it, as it is stated in Bhagavad Gita, this impersonal Brahman is personal effulgence of Krishna. Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead is the cause of everything. In the Brahma Samhita, it is clearly stated that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the cause of all causes. Even the millions of incarnations are only his different expansions. Similarly, the living entities are also expansion of Krishna. The Mayavadi philosopher wrongly thinks that Krishna loses his own separate existence in his many expansions. This thought is material in nature. We have experienced in the material world that a thing, when fragmentally distributed, loses its own original identity. But the Mayavadi philosophers fail to understand that absolute means that 1 plus 1 is equal to 1 and 1 minus 1 is equal to 1. This is the case in the absolute world. For want of sufficient knowledge in the absolute science, we are now covered with illusion and therefore we think that we are separate from Krishna. Although we are separated parts of Krishna, we are nevertheless not different from him. The bodily difference of the living entities is Maya or not actual fact. We are all meant to satisfy Krishna. By Maya alone Arjuna thought that the temporary bodily relationship with his kinsmen was more important than his eternal spiritual relationship with Krishna. The whole teaching of Bhagavad Gita is targeted toward this end, that a living being as Krishna's eternal servitor cannot be separated from Krishna and his sense of being an identity apart from Krishna is called Maya. The living entities as separate parts and parcel of the Supreme have a purpose to fulfill. Having forgotten that purpose since time immemorial, they are situated in different bodies as men, animals, demigods, etc. Such bodily differences arise from forgetfulness of the transcendental service of the Lord. But when one is engaged in transcendental service through Krishna consciousness, one becomes at once liberated from this illusion. One can acquire such a pure knowledge from 
only from a bona fide spiritual master and that, thereby avoid the delusion that the living entity is equal to Krishna. Perfect knowledge is that the Supreme Soul Krishna is the supreme shelter of all living entities and giving up such shelter, the living entities are deluded by material energy, imagining themselves to be to have a separate identity. Thus, under the different standards of material identity, they become forgetful of Krishna. And however, such deluded living entities become situated in Krishna consciousness, it is to be understood that they are on the path of liberation as confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita 2.10.6 Muktir Anyata Rupam Sarupena Vyavastiti. Liberation means to be situated in one's constitutional position as the eternal servitor of Krishna, Krishna consciousness. <coughs> so this was um, today's was um, actually four thirty-five. The previous was Krishna is saying Tatpidi Pranipartena See, one should approach the spiritual master to know the truth. See, so now, right now, we are now in the situation where we are all covered by illusion. It's called Maya. Just like yesterday was a new year, right? So we saw in the YouTube, somebody shared a video in Klaki. You know, even though there was so much of uh, restrictions, so many people gathered in Klaki just to do the, that countdown. 10, 9, 8. <laughs> you know, if you don't count down, you don't feel like it's a new year. <laughs> and then they will shout, everybody will shout Happy New Year and then they will drink drink some alcohol and have some party. For one night they are happy and next day they come home, same old. Same old life. Same old for jobs, same old fam. I mean, everything is the same. Same salary, same workload. So this is... I mean, we are already in suffering and illusion and we are trying to do some, you know, like, trying to help another illusion to forget this illusion. You know, like now you are in a dream, you are having a bad dream and then you are trying to manifest another dream to fight this dream, you know. So the solution is to get out of the dream. Why you want to keep dreaming? Sometimes I also have this feeling, you know, when I am dreaming, I'm getting beaten in the dream, then I am thinking, hey, this is my dream, why I should be losing? <laughs> I don't know how I remember that it's a dream, but so I, I become more powerful in the dream and I, you know, but still it's a dream. So that is night dream, in the night we are dreaming for how many hours, depend on how long you are sleeping. The devotees, we are only supposed to sleep for six hours. So if you sleep, if you are in a mode of ignorance, ignorance you won't see any dream. If you are in a mode of passion, you will see a lot of dreams. In the mode of goodness, you don't see dreams, it's very light, you feel very, you wake up very quickly. But if you're having a lot of dreams, that is uh, more of passion. See, so depending on the so the night time you are sleeping, let's say eight hours you're sleeping, that's an illusion. You you don't even remember your other body. You you come out of the body. You are traveling here. You're doing this. You're doing that. So many things you're doing. You totally forget that you have a wife. You have a children. You have a house. You have to pay this much of bills every month. These loans. You know. Then you when you wake up. That's another dream. This is a long dream. Maybe you are living for 60, 70 years. We are experiencing this right now as a, as a dream as well. You know, this material body. We are actually real knowledge means uh, you understand that you are part and parcel of Krishna, as we read in the purport earlier. You understand you are an eternal spirit soul who is supposed to engage in the service of Krishna. So Maya means you are engaging. Other than engaging in the service of Krishna, you are engaging in the service of material things. My friends, my family, my society, my nation, everything is about me, you know, for my own, you know. But we don't, we forget that the real service is to satisfy Krishna. That's why there is no happiness. Because we are so much busy trying to satisfy our own senses, we are in illusion and we are not happy. That's why when you say Happy New Year also, there is no use. The same thing and the biggest Maya is, you know what, to become a Mayavadi. Because after all this illusion, I am thinking I am this body, I am this person, you know. I am this Indian, I am Chinese, I am Malay, I am Arab, I am American. You are identifying with, sometimes let's say, okay, let's say you go on a holiday. Uh, let's say you go to Russia, you know. And then you are shopping and then you saw another Indian, 
immediately you are attached to them why immediately hey, you are from india huh? which part of india are you from why are you talking to him because you identify yourself as indian and immediately you see another indian you are you are somehow attached to them even though you are in russia you see so that delusion of identifying with the body this is me this is my family my society the selfishness extends and then finally because every time you try to find happiness in this society family friendship friends you are you are disappointed and finally you think okay now if i become god i'll be the happiest because god is the supreme enjoyer right and when you do that that is the greatest maya when you think that i am god that's it that is krish prabhupar said that is the final snare of maya that to think that i am one with krishna i am krishna you know there are many people like that the sanyasi in the mayavadi sampradaya they get initiation and then they will say namo narayana that means i am narayana you are narayana everybody is narayana even the beggar is narayana but they do not know who is really narayana you see so that is a very big very very big illusion to think i am god so to st- come out of this illusion you must take shelter of the self realized soul the spiritual master a bona fide spiritual master not an ordinary being so many people saying i am guru this guru that guru <laughs> you know yesterday my brother was watching a, a video on youtube some in tamil nadu there's a uh, a man who <coughs> who is possessed by you know they have these spirits the munisvaran and all these um, spirits who of shiva you know he's he's called bhutanad right so he has many assistants who are ghosts he's lord of the ghosts so there's one one person called karpu sami basically means black sami means god black god so that guy he has a karpu sami temple and he's possessed you know and then he's beating people with a whip beating people up he's smoking ganja and the, the, the interview asking him why are you telling people to smoke he said he said i'm i'm god i will smoke anything i want who are you to stop me so you know that kind of guru you know and then cheating people cheating people taking their money i mean not only this indians are doing it even if you go to tamil nadu the, the the catholic you go to the churches they all doing some miracle i am christ and i'm healing you and they do some drama you know big drama they are doing to cheat people so that is not guru guru means one who knows krishna one who is surrendered to krishna 100% fully surrendered to krishna and he teaches others the process of how to surrender to krishna you know when they were asking prabhupad are you krishna he said no i am not krishna then he, he said i am the servant of krishna then after that he, he he stopped for a while he said no i am the servant of the servant of krishna in 1970s in iskon you know what happened they were 1970s they constructed the new vrindavan farm you know very big farm in uh, west virginia so they were having a inauguration ceremony they were installed in the hill you know it's all in the hilly areas so they constructed the temple there and they invited prabhupada and so many devotees arrived there and apparently three devotees brahmananda swami gargamuni uh, subal i mean not me <laughs> subal das <laughs> subala das <laughs> and one more devotee vishnujan swami of course vishnujan swami was not fully involved these four devotees they came out they did a conspiracy before prabhupad came they started to threaten everyone and said prabhupad is not guru prabhupad is krishna and they started to you know call people by the kurta and said if you don't worship prabhupad is krishna you are making an offense and then after a while they started saying prabhupad is not coming because you all have offended prabhupad you know and everybody got so um, so so much of tension they started crying you know everybody is like oh prabhupad is not coming because of us he is leaving us we did not worship him as krishna they did they did this kind of a confusion you know and then some some devotees were crying and leaving also <laughs> you know then after that prabhupad heard about it and immediately he chastised them he said what rubbish is this i am not krishna anybody who says the when guru says is krishna he is a rascal number 1 and immediately he chastised these four devotees and then he told them to get out <laughs> prabhupada was so strict on them and then these four devotees they they left they left for they walking on the road they don't know where to go because they dedicated their life right 
and then they 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 saw a tree they lie down under a tree and somebody came and gave a big basket of fruits to them <laughs> then of course next day prabhupad called them called them back and they asked for forgiveness you see so you see how strict prabhupad was that he did not ever say that he was krishna at any point of time you know he totally uh, repeated exactly what was spoken in the parampara you know if you go to this verse bhagavad gita एवं परंपरा प्राप्त निमं राजकालन महता योग नष्ट परीम साइंस वॉज दस रिसीव थ्रू अ चेन ऑफ डिसिप्लिक सक्सेशन एंड द सेंट लिकिंग अंडरस्टूड इट इन दैट वे बट इन कॉस ऑफ टाइम द सक्सेशन वॉज ब्रोकन एंड दे फॉर द साइंस एस इट इज अपियर्स टू बी लॉस सो कृष्णा इज सेंग दैट दिस साइंस इज कमिंग इन परंपरा गुरु परंपरा सो the spiritual master he repeats what is spoken in the parampara he does not manufacture something new uh, if you also go to this verse what is this parampara uh, 6320 of uh, shrimad bhagavatam स्वयंभू नारद शंभु कुमर कपिलो मनु प्रलाघो जनको भीष्मो भलीर्वयाशकी वयम सो दीस चॉल ग्रेट अथॉरिटीज दे आर चॉल डिवोटीज स्वयंभू नारद शंभु स्वयंभू इज हू इज दिस ब्रह्मा यस बिकॉज came he came he was unborn i mean he was not born by a mother he came from the self born by vishnu right narada his son sambhu is uh, shiva kumara kapilo kapiladev manu pralada janaka father of sita bhishma these are the twelve mahajans and if you have a parampara which comes from this twelve of course we have four mainly the brahma sampradaya the kumara sampradaya the sri sampradaya mahalakshmi and um, the what is it the other one uh, rudra sampradaya shiva so you have to have a acharya coming in this line you see so we are coming in the brahma madhava gaudiya sampradaya and therefore we are connected to krishna through this sampradaya and through our acharya shita prabhu and if you take shelter of such a guru you will not get into that moha illusion and what is the illusion hmm? the illusion is there's two ways there's two verses you can see number 1 bhayam dvitiya bhinesh tasya ishat apetasya viparayoshmati tanmaya yato budha avajati tam bhakte bhakti ka yesham guru devatatma what is this was saying bayam dvitiya bineshatasya if you are in illusion you are in fear every time every moment in the material world you are feeling fearful will i what's going to happen to my survival always the fear is there right even the animal if you see the animal kingdom there is so much of fear for you you know if you want to drink water what do you do you go to the sink you on the tap and you drink the water but for animal just to drink a water he can die any moment see he goes to the river he's drinking he's looking left and right why any time the crocodile will come and bite him look behind there's a lioness waiting see just to drink water so much of fear so the human life this these four things eating sleeping mating and defending among all these four things the most dangerous is fearing you're always fearing how to you know what will happen in the future will i be healthy when i'm old will i have enough money for my retirement 
You see? We are always fearing. And then we are planning, okay, should I, now I have some money, maybe I should invest in some cryptocurrency or this currency, you know, or stock market so that I will have the returns after 10 years. Why we are thinking like that? Because we are fearing. So much in fear. Why? Because we are covered in maya, illusion. So the fear arises when the living entity misidentifies himself as the material body because you think you are this body, this temporary material body, because you think you are this body, you are having so much of fear to maintain this body. But if you know that you are the eternal spiritual soul who never dies, who is always Satchit Ananda Vikraha, Krishna is Satchit Ananda Vikraha, we are also part and parcel, right? So we are also having that Ananda. So you see, when we misidentify and because of absorption in external illusory energy of the Lord, when the living entity thus turns away from the Supreme Lord, when we turn away, when you turn away, just like when you see when the morning the sun is there, right? So bright. But just as the sun goes away, the darkness comes, right? What happens? All the thieves they come out to do their stealing. But morning, okay, some, some cases are there. In the morning, they are doing some burglary also. In, in, uh, ten years ago in Pongol, Sengkang, they were doing. <laughs> so that guy is a bit intelligent. So, so the same thing. When there is no light, there is darkness. When you turn away from Krishna, immediately Maya comes. You know? And then what happens? You forget. He forgets his constitutional position as the servant of the Lord. He thinks, he forgets that he is going to serve Krishna, right? And this bewildering, fearful condition is affected by the potency of illusion called Maya. Therefore, an intelligent person, so now is the solution, what to do? How to come out of this Maya? The intelligent person, the sober person, Dhira, he should engage unflinchingly in the unalloyed devotional service of the Lord and the, with, under the guidance of the spiritual master whom he should accept as his worshipable deity and his very life and soul. So to come out of this Maya, this illusion, to be, to be fearless, you know, we must take shelter of the spiritual master. And what is our spiritual master's name? Full name. What is the AC? What is icon? Abhaya Charanaravinda. Fearless lotus feet. You see, his name also is indicating. Abhaya Charanaravinda. When you take, when you engage in the unflinching service of the spiritual master Prabhupada, Abhaya Charanaravinda, you will get Abhaya. The bayam goes away. No more fear. Another one, another verse, before we share a story, spoken by Prahlad Maharaj. This is spoken by Prahlad Maharaj. He says, Shri Prahlad Vashat Tat Sad Manye Asuravarya Dehinam Sada Samudviknadhyam Asad Grahat Hitvatma Patam Grahamanda Kupam Vanogato Yat so what is saying? Sri Prahlad is saying Tat Sadhmanya Asura Varya Dehinam. He's talking into Hiranyakashipu, right? His father. And what he is calling his father? Asura Varya Dehinam. He says Asura Varya means oh best among the demons. You know, he's glorifying his father like that. You know, like in the in modern terms they call it GOAT, God, greatest of all time. <laughs> You know, you become some great footballer like Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi. Oh, he's a goat. <laughs> but what is a goat? He's, the goat is going to get slaughtered only. You know, <laughs> going to get slaughtered. <laughs> so same thing here. In in ancient times, the GOAT is you know they say the greatest warrior, the best of the best. So he's, he's saying, oh father, the greatest of the demons. As, as much as I have learned from the my spiritual master, <laughs> Narada Muni. So actually, Hiranyakashipu thought he is going to, this boy, you know, small boy, don't know anything, he is just going to talk something. But you see how he is talking. Dehinam, Prahlad Maharaj says, one who has accepted this material body, as what we saw earlier, the Maya, as you think that I am this body, Sada Samuddhikna Dhyam Asadgraha, he said that Samuddhikna, anxiety. Sada Samukdikita means always in anxiety. One who has accepted this material body is always anxious, always fearing. Yeah. Why? Because Asad Grahat, Sat means truth. Asad, asad means not truth. We are accepting this Graham, our house, our family, our children as to be truth. Our real family Krishna, we are forgetting. You know? Then what happened? 
Graham Antakupam. Okay, we'll see the, the, the verse, what he's saying exactly. Prahlad Maharaj said, Obasov, the Asuras, king of demons, as far as I have learned from my spiritual master, any person who have accepted the temporary body and temporary household life, see, he said temporary, because this is temporary. My body is temporary, right? My relationship with my family is also temporary. My relationship with this certain house is also temporary. I will, I will not born in the same house again. And I think that this house is home sweet home. This is all in all. You know, I, I, I built my house. Like yesterday, I saw some video that just came on my timeline. Some Malay couple. They, they built their house, HDB house, like a Raffles hotel style. You know? So, if you renovate like that, it will cost you almost 200,000 maybe. But that guy, he is intelligent. He, he, he took all, he went to carousel, he bought all the second-hand furniture and then he modified it. He, he has some brains. He's intelligent. So he, he modified the furniture to look like a Raffles hotel furniture. And they, and they spend so much of time doing that. And of course, if you see the comment section, everybody saying, oh, this is a labor of love and this is so nice. And, but all these are temporary. It will be finished in another 50-60 years. Your body will be finished. Then what about this home? Everything is finished. You see, so Prahlad Maharaj saying that if you accept this temporary body and temporary household, is certainly embarrassed by anxiety. Why? Because you have to, you have to keep maintaining them, right? Every moment you are worrying what is going to happen next, what is going to happen next. Nothing is certain. No, why happen? Because of having Hitva Graham Andakupam having fallen into a dark well where there is no water but only suffering. So what is inside a well is water. We go to the well to drink water, right? But here, this, can, this is a well. It's so dark. And you are you're, you're trapped inside the well. How do you feel? Very fearful, right? If let's say you are trapped in the leaf, how do you feel? You cannot come out. You know? In our temple, you can feel that. Sometimes, with the leaf. <laughs> Because we don't have a well in Singapore, so I'm giving the leaf as an example. Imagine you're you're stuck in the leaf. You know, not inside the leaf. You know, if you if you take out the leaf, you are stuck below. You know, in the basement. <laughs> so, and then the leaf is coming down to hit you. So it's it's very very suffering and very very uh, very fearful condition. Uh, this is how material life is. It's full of anxiety. It's full of fear because of the illusion of accepting this body as I and mine. See, so what should we, what should you do? Prahlad Maharaj is giving the same advice. One should give up this. One should give up this position and go to the forest vana. More clearly, one should go to Vrindavana, where only Krishna consciousness is prevalent, and one should take shelter of the supreme personality of Godhead. So he's saying, you give up this, my father. You give up this. You go to Vrindavana and you engage in the worship of Krishna. And the sadhus, sadhu sangha, very important. Why, why Vrindavan? Because it's full of sadhus, full of devotees of the Krishna. And you learn from them how to do Krishna consciousness. And you come out of this illusion. And you come out of this material world of birth and death. You don't accept another body. So this is the um, message, summary of this message. So now we will go into see a story which is related to this. So what is that story? Now, this is the story of how um, Mother Ganga descended onto this earth. You know, we'll, uh, so basically, this, uh, I do not know the timeline, but this is like thousand, millions of years ago. So you, as you know, how did Ganga even come into the material world? It's when Lord Vamanadev took his incarnation. You know Vamanadev, right? the dwarf incarnation of the Lord. So, as you know the story where he goes to help Indra to take, because Bali Maharaj, Bali Maharaj the grandson, is it grandson or great grandson? Grandson of Prahlad Maharaj. So, Bali Maharaj is a demon and he took over the entire universe. He's controlling the universe. So, Vamanadev wanted to get back the universe into the hands of uh, Indra. No, because Bali Maharaj is a demon, but of course he's not only a demon, he's a he's a pure devotee, he's also one of the Mahajans. You know, just now we saw the short Mahajans. So he's actually a very great devotee, but 
Vamanadev wanted to teach him some humility and show how great uh, Bali Maharaj is. So as you know the story, he asked for three paces of land, three steps of land, and by the he cheated him basically by asking these three steps of land. I mean I cannot explain this story because it's very long. If you don't if you do not know, you can go to YouTube. You can see Tatvi uh, Prabhu actually did a series on Vamanadev. You know, so by taking three steps, the first step he covered the entire lower planetary system. The second step he covered the entire upper planetary system, and the third step he could not put anywhere. And at that point, Vamanade, sorry, Bali Maharaj offered his head. Say, you put it on my head, and he surrendered to the Lord. Atmani Vedanam. So what happened was when he put his second step, right? He covered the entire universe, and the, his feet. You see, the universe is a brahmanda. It's covered like it's it's a it's a, it's a circular shape, you know, and it's covered by earth, water, fire, air, ether. These layers, which are ten times bigger than their their next layer. So when he put his second step right, the the second uh, the feet right. I mean, there's a picture. There's no picture I can show. The feet pierce through the universe. You know, one step below, one step on top. It pierces through the universe, and because it pierces through the 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 universe, right? The material. This is the material world. Beyond this is the Garbhoda ocean, where Mahavishnu is lying down. That water from the Garbhoda ocean, which Karana ocean, sorry, Karana ocean. Karana Dakshayi Vishnu is there. So that water pierced and came through that universal covering, and that is Ganga. So it's very, very um, purified. That water is so purified, so pure. Because that is the water where the Lord is lying down. Like now we are drinking Charna Mrita, right? What is this Charna Mrita? It is in the morning we are doing Abhishek of the Lord, and we are drinking that water which touches His body. It is so pure. And same time, when that water came through, it was touching Vamanadev's feet. You know, he was washing his feet and coming downwards. So he was so pure and so auspicious that it has washed the the feet of the Lord. Um, there's a verse actually in the uh, I don't know how to find that verse. In the third canto, if you can find, Prabhu, find this verse. Shivo Shivo Hum something in the third canto is talking about the Ganga. You see, so anyway, the Ganga is touching the feet of the Lord. It is coming down, and same time when the water was coming, uh, when Bhamanadev put his feet like that, right? Lord Brahma is also doing Abhishek for that feet with his Kamandalu, and that water is also Ganga mixed together. You see, so this Ganga was traveling in the heavenly realm. He did not come to the earth. He was just in the uh, the upper planetary systems. I think the name is Mandakini. So one day, what happened in Earth? There was a king. His name is Sagara. You see, so this king was a uh, uh, can say he's a pious king. So he had two wives. One of his wives is uh, Sumati. One of his wife is uh, Kesani. You see, so from Sumati, she he had sixty thousand, sixty um, thousand children. And of course, if you read, some of the details are not there in Bhagavatam. This is all in the ninth canto, nine six. So sixty thousand children. If you read in the Ramayana, the book we have, the Ramayana book, right? It is said that the sixty thousand children were born. They were not born normally like that. They were born as a cow. I think you know that. That uh, like a bitter god, you know the the shape is like that, you know. So the the mother the mother don't know what to do. She took the all this god and put inside the what do you call it pots with ghee, you know. So you can see like even those days the technology they had um, test tube babies, you know. So like that, they not not now only not only now we have this uh, IVF and all this test test tube baby whatever. Those days also they had. Even even you see the Kauravas, they were born like that. You know, Gandhari she put them into the hundred pots. You know, so these sixty thousand children they grew up. They they came out of the pot as normal. And the other wife, the the wife named uh, Kesani, she had a son called uh, Asamaja. Is it Asamaja Veda? Let me see. Yeah, Asamaja. So one boy, one son, and sixty thousand, two wives. So these sixty thousand people, they were very, uh, 
in the mode of ignorance. They were causing a lot of havoc and destruction to the earth. You know, they were causing a lot of trouble to the earth. And many people did not like them, this prince. And the other boy, he was okay. And he had a son called Ansuman. Amsuman, sorry. So Amsuman was uh, the grandson of Sagara from the other one son, right? So he was very pious. He was, everybody liked him. He was very much in the mode of goodness. He was very ideal character as how a king should be. So one day, this Sagara, he wanted to do the Ashwamedha Yajna. Because as a king, if you want to be the emperor of the world, you have to do a Ashwamedha Yajna. And when you do this Yajna, only then all the other kings have to recognize that you are the emperor of the world. So in the Ashwamedha Yajna, what happens is you have to sacrifice a horse. Of course, the horse won't die. The horse goes into the fire and comes out with a new body. Those days that they had the power. Now we can't do that kind of sacrifice. We don't have that. And also the horse, before that, will travel around the world. So the horse will go every country. And if you, if you challenge the horse, if you capture the horse, the king must fight you and defeat you. If you, don't, if you let the horse pass through, it means that now you allow the king to be uh, the emperor of you. You see? Like same thing happened when uh, Maharaj Yudhishthira, you know, he did the Ashwamedha Yajna. Everybody agreed, let him be the king. Because he was the most ideal king. You know? Duryodhana also agreed, but of course, be, be, behind he did all this, uh, all this uh, backstabbing he did. So anyway, in this case, what happened? Indra, he got very perturbed. Because Indra was, a, Indra is always afraid. Because to be Indra, you have to do 100 Ashwamedha Yajna. Indra is a position. Anybody, you also can be Indra. Well, of course, in Kali Yuga, you can't, yeah, nobody, you can't do these things. So, Indra is always afraid. Anybody doing a sacrifice, he's afraid, I'm going to lose my position. So, earlier we are talking about anxiety and fear, right? Not only you as human beings have this fear, not only animals. Even if you are in a heavenly planet, you have this fear. If not, why Indra is afraid? You know how he lost to Bali Maharaj, the kingdom of heaven? Because Bali Maharaj did the sacrifice and Bali Maharaj took over Indra. So Indra has always this fear. Whenever somebody is doing something, he has information and he will come and disturb. He will do something to stop the sacrifice. Many times if you see the Bhagavadam, he did that. So in this case also, Sagara is doing the sacrifice. Indra comes as, and the horse is travelling around the world. Indra comes as a Rakshasa and, and kidnaps this horse. You know. And then Sagara, he is wondering where the, how come the horse hasn't come back. That means he understood that somebody is not agreeing him to be the king of the world. So he sends his 60,000 sons to find where is this horse. And then they go. They go everywhere and they cause a big destruction. They are digging the ground like anything. They are digging everywhere. They are finding everywhere. They cannot find it. Digging, digging, digging. There is so much of holes. So much of holes in the land. And so many animals are dying because of these 60,000 sons. And then the father... And all the demigods, they were very disturbed that, oh, these people, they are causing so much of destruction on the earth. They, they went and asked Brahma what to do, what's happening. How do we uh, stop these men, I mean, these 60,000 children? So Brahma said, when the earth is in trouble, you know, who comes? Yada yada hi dharmasya ghlane bhavati bharata apyutanam adharmasya tadatmanam srijamyaham. Krishna will come. The earth is under the protection of the Lord. The Lord will come. Don't worry. Now the Lord is in earth as Kapila Dev. So Kapila, this this is happening at the time of Kapila Dev. So Kapila Dev is there. He is in the ashram. He is meditating. Kapila Dev is uh, avatar of the Lord who taught the Sankhya Yoga philosophy. Son of Devahuti. So he is a great. He came as a form of a Lord. Came as a great Rishi, Muni. So the Lord is actually in the ashram meditating. And then what happens? Indra goes and put this horse there, and he runs away. You know, so the sixty thousand people they are finding, finding they cannot find. Finally, they come to Kapila Ashram, and they saw the Lord there meditating, and they saw the horse there, and they got so angry. They said, "Oh, this sadhu, this rishi would have stolen the horse without even asking a question." So this is the thing: when you feel somebody has done anything wrong. You must inquire first. You cannot immediately assume that they are the one and then you attack them and then you will get the offense. And then you will fall down. So you have to be very clear. Especially a sadhu, a devotee, and of course here is the Supreme Lord. They are accusing the Supreme Lord of stealing the horse without even inquiring anything. 
So they, they immediately took their weapons and said, let's kill him. And the Lord, of course the Lord, he, um, by his mystic power, the Lord did not do anything. But because of their offense, you see there is a fire, there is an agni in our stomach, right? That fire of digestion in our body. So that fire immediately inflamed them and burned all of them into pieces. They all became ashes like that. So you see, if you want to attack a sadhu, you will kill yourself. You know, even they don't do anything also, you will destroy yourself by attacking a sadhu. So Vaishnava Parad is very dangerous. Just like the story of Haridas Thakur. They were whipping him in the marketplace. And those people who whipped him, right? Of course, Haridas Thakur did not take the punishment. He said, he said, no, forgive them, my Lord, forgive them. But all those people, all of them, they died. And of course, if you see, I mean, a, a bit, this is a bit of a controversial point, but Prabhupada also mentioned, like, there are many people who got killed in the World War II, the Jews. So he said, it's because of the offense to Jesus Christ, which happened how many years ago? 2,000 years, 3,000 years ago. So the offense never leaves you, you see. You get punished in some, some life. You know? And if you see the story of Jesus, he was crucified by all these people. So they, in World War, they are getting, you know, how far, you see, the, the offense is still going on. So anyway, they all got burnt. And now, Sagra is waiting and seeing what happened. Where, where are these 60,000 boys, they haven't come. You see? So, Asamaja, he, the son, he actually left the forest. He's no more in the kingdom. So the grandson only is there, Amsuman, the other sons. So he tells Amsuman, you go and find where are these boys, what happened to them, go and make an inquiry. So he goes around the world, he, and then finally he comes to the ashram and he see all these ashes there. No? And then final, and then he approaches the Rishi, Kapiladev, and he offers prayers. You know this is the Supreme Lord. See, only a devotee can see who is the Lord. They are non-devotees. They do not know this is the Supreme Lord, you see. They try to attack him. Whereas here is a pure devotee, he sees, oh, this is the Lord. And immediately he starts offering prayers and glorifying the Lord. You know, and after he glorified the Lord, the Lord opened his eyes and the Lord says that these people, they want to attack him. And um, this is what happened to them. For their offense, they got burnt. So he says, how can I deliver my, how can I deliver them then? How can I help them? You see? Now, you see how he's thinking. We are just thinking about ourselves. How can I help myself only? How can I be benefiting myself? But the Vedic culture is such that even they are thinking how to deliver the forefathers. That is Vedic culture. This is called Arya. An Aryan. He wants to deliver even his forefathers. If you see, this is spoken by Arjuna in Bhagavad Gita. One forty one in the purport. We'll just see the in the purport. So anyway, this uh, Arjuna is arguing with Krishna. If we have a war, we kill everyone, all the men will die. Then who will do the the sacrifice for the forefathers? Who will help the forefathers? But of course, Krishna wanted the war because he did not want the un, uh, evil person to rule as a king, Duryodhana. You see. So anyway, we'll see this purport. Prabhupada is saying that. According to the rules and regulations of fruitive activities, there is need to offer periodical food and water to the forefathers of the family. This offering is performed by worship of Vishnu, because eating the remnants of food offered to Vishnu can deliver one from all kinds of suffering, of sinful actions. Sometimes the forefathers may be suffering from various types of sinful reactions, and sometimes some of them cannot even acquire a gross material body and are forced to remain in subtle bodies as ghosts. Thus, when remnants of prashadam are offered to the forefathers by the descendant of the, the descendant of the forefathers are released from ghostly or other kinds of miserable life. Such help rendered to forefathers in family tradition and those who are not in devotional life are, are required to perform such rituals. So you see, many people right, when they pass away, they'll say, oh, you have to go to the Shivan temple, you have to do some puja. But that's not true. The only way you can help the forefathers, you must offer Krishna or Vishnu Prashadam to them. You know, doing any other puja for, even Shiva also doesn't help the soul. 
you see according to this verse so we have to follow shastra we cannot speculate on our own so what we what they do is usually what you have to do is you have to offer the pinda puja right or offer vishnu prasadam to the the deceased person but here prabhupada makes another point that this is not required for those who are devotees why why is it not required one who is engaged in devotional life is not required to perform such action simply by performing devotional service one can deliver hundreds and thousands of forefathers from all kinds of misery it is stated in bhag bhagavatam 11541 devarashi bhutapta nirnam pitrina nakikaram nayanam rinichara jan sarvatmanaya sharanam gatava mukundam parihartha kartam anyone who has taken shelter of the lotus feet of mukunda the giver of giver of liberation giving all giving up all kinds of obligation and has taken to the path of all seriousness owes neither duties no obligations to the demigods sages general and living entities family members human kinds or forefathers such obligations are automatically fulfilled by performance of devotional service to the supreme personal god so if you are a devotee and you are chanting every day you are doing 16 rounds you are following krishna consciousness process you know being initiated seriously practicing you do not require to do all these duties because there are duties that you have to do which is to serve you are obligated to the devatas because they are giving you so much of rain sunshine food you know i think everything is free nothing is free you owe them and if you don't give back to them you become a thief stainer so being a devotee automatically you are satisfying the demigods also chanting krishna's name automatically they are satisfied yatovatara mula nisheshane na by watering the root of the tree the tree is automatically fulfilled same way you also owe to the sages because they gave you given you so many of this uh, bhagavad gita bhagavatam so many you know the sadhus they give us so much the general living entities we are taking so many so many things from everyone see this is the wood we are taking from the tree right water everything is taken from we are, taking, we are borrowing from so many things and family members and human kind and forefathers all these people you have obligation for but if you chant hare krishna hare krishna 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 hare 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 rama hare rama 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 hare if you do that automatically you fulfill all your debts you see so now back to the story why we are bringing up this point is sagara i mean uh, amsuman he is thinking how he can save his forefathers so for him is a very difficult task he has to bring ganga to the earth you don't need to do that you just chant hare krishna very easy for you you know so don't worry so now he tried his best he goes on he told, he, he tells his father sagara that this is this has happened the only way is i have to bring ganga to the earth then the father realized now he is too old to wait for ganga to come he says i'm going to the forest i'm going to meditate on krishna and i'm going to go back to the spiritual world so the father retires sagara retires he goes to the he follows the advice of prahlad maharaj vanam gato yat hari maasrayeta goes to the forest so sagara tries his best to do it he cannot do it. i mean sorry amsuman tries to do it he cannot do it amsuman has a son his name is dilipa dilipa also tries he also cannot do it he does so much austerity and penance see they sacrifice their life just to help their forefathers you see how much of uh, selfless dilipa's son after dilipa's he passes away dilipa's son bagiratha you may know this name bagiratha he performs so much of severe austerities to satisfy ganga to come finally the third generation uh, bagiratha after uh, satisfying ganga she agrees to come you know but she has two condition she says if i want to come onto this earth there is two condition number one my force is so great you see that the earth will be destroyed you know the earth is like that the water will just go pierce through the earth and it will be destroyed so who's going to handle this pressure and for that answer okay we'll see that verse now okay let us show 328 right we'll see this verse here 994 mother ganga replied when i fall from the sky to the surface of the planet earth the water will certainly be very forceful who will sustain that force i am not 
if I'm not sustained, I shall pierce the surface of the earth and go down to the Rasatala and Patala area of the universe. You know, that's how powerful the force of Ganga is. Number two, what she says, you know, why I don't want to come down, you see here. O King, I do not wish to go down to the planet Earth, for there are people in general who will bathe in my water to cleanse themselves of the reaction of their sinful deeds. When all these sinful reactions accumulate in me, how shall I become free from them? You must consider this very carefully. This is the twist here. That Ganga herself, we are going to Ganga away, oh, we must go to Ganga and bathe because we want to cleanse our sin. And here she is saying, I am afraid of all these sinful reactions that will accumulate in me. How shall I become free from them? She, Ganga, who is coming from the lotus feet of Krishna, who is so auspicious, uh, she is saying, I am afraid of the sin of all these people on earth. Uh, what is that verse? 3? Yes, so you see the power of Ganga, you can, sorry. The power of Ganga is explained here. I cannot chant like Tatvi Prabhu, so I am just going to the translation. Because this one has a tune for this. The blessed Lord Shiva becomes all the more blessed by bearing on his head the holy waters of the Ganges, which has its source in the water that has washed the lotus feet of the Lord's lotus feet. You see? What is that? Sanskrit. Tirtena is pilgrimage. Murtni Murtni's head. Adikritena Shivo Shivo Bhut. The Ganga is so pure that even Shiva is auspicious, right? The word Shiva means auspicious. But he becomes even more auspicious by resting the Ganga on his head. Can you imagine how powerful Ganga is? It's a Tirtayana, it's a, it's a place of pilgrimage. Because why it's coming from the lotus feet of Krishna? Huh? Unfortunately, that Ganga herself saying, I cannot handle this scene of the people. Uh, we continue the verse. Dhyatur mana samala salila nishta vachram dhyayat chiram bhagavata saranaravindam says that the Lord's feet acts like a thunderbolt hurled to shatter a mountain of sins stored in the mind of the meditating devotee. The sins we are committing is not like this, you know. Mountains. We have committed so much of sin, it's like mountain size. But the Lord's lotus feet, thunderbolt, you know, the Indra's thunderbolt can just destroy the mountain like that. Smash the mountain. So the Lord's lotus feet can smash the mountains of sin which have accumulated in our heart. So one should therefore meditate on the lotus feet of the Lord for a long time. A long time. Not just Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, okay, finish. Always. Satatam Kirtayantomam. Always meditating on the pastimes of the Lord. Then only the sins will go. So here, why we are showing this verse? Because we are showing how Ganga is so powerful that she is able, she is able to destroy that sins also. But she is saying, I don't want to, dis I cannot handle this. Um, we'll go back to the verse, 9, 995. I cannot handle it. So what is the answer by Bhagiratha? Bhagiratha is saying here, Bhagiratha is saying that of course the answer is for the pressure to handle the pressure Lord Shiva he, he satis if you read on he will satisfy Lord Shiva and Lord Shiva will agree that yes I will come and handle that pressure of Ganga on my head and for the next answer he gives what about the um, sins of all the people who deposit on me Bhagiratha says those who are saintly because of devotional service and therefore in the renounced order, free from all, free from material desires, and who are pure devotees, expert in following regulative principles mentioned in the Vedas, these are all qualities of a pure devotee, uh, are always glorified 
and are pure in behavior are able to deliver all fallen souls. When such pure devotees bathe in your water, the sinful reactions accumulated from other people will certainly be counteracted for such devotees always keep in the core of their heart the Supreme Personality of Godhead who can vanquish all sinful reactions. So what does this mean? It means that the sadhu, today we are talking about the verse, right? Yajnatvana punar moham. Not only he can disperse the illusion of you, he can also purify Ganga. A pure devotee is so powerful that he has an ability to cleanse all the sins of Ganga. So that means, what does it mean? It means you should not just plan a trip to Ganga. You should plan a trip how to serve a pure devotee, how to surrender to the pure devotee. That is how that, you, that is how you should because if you can go to the Ganga and bathe for you can see it. Uh, this verse here. Sorry, 1.1.15 You can see this verse here Yatpada samsriya shuta munaya Prashamanaya sadhya punati upaprishta Sadhurni aponu nusevaya O Sutta, those great sages who have completely taken shelter of the lotus feet of the Lord can at once sanctify those who come in touch with them, whereas the waters of the Ganges can sanctify only after prolonged use. So you can go and shower in the Ganges again and again and again, but that is a very, very long process. It may even take lifetimes. But if you surrender unto a pure devotee of the Lord, all your sins are just destroyed. Just like when we take initiation. Prabhupada is taking away all that sin. But of course you cannot sin again. You must be very... And that's why we, we worship the spiritual master like as good as God. Because what he is doing for you, it is... You cannot pay back the debt. Because we are talking earlier, right? You have mountains of sins. And he is destroying all those mountains like that. You know? And not only that, by him going to the Ganga, Ganga is getting relief. You can understand the power of a pure devotee now. You know, limitless, unlimited mercy. Yeah. So we can see another verse here that what if you go to the Ganga just to shower? What does what happens? Um, it's in the Bhagavad. Yashatma bhuti kuna petri datuke. So, what says here? One who identifies his self as the inner body composed of mucus, bile and air, who assumes his wife and family are permanently his own, who thinks an earthen image or land of his birth is worshipable, or who sees a place of pilgrimage merely as water there, but who never identifies himself feels kinship with worship or even visit those who are wise in spiritual truth, such a person is no better than a cow or an ass. If you just go to the Ganga, just to swim, just to bathe and say, oh, my sin is gone, you're no better than a cow or an ass. Saeva Gokaraha. You see? So this is what we can learn from uh, the power of a sadhu. Uh, so what we should do? We should follow on in the footsteps of Maharaj Parikshit. What Maharaj Parikshit did, you know? He he knew that he was going to die, right? He knew he was going to die in seven days. So why he went? Immediately he went to the Ganga. Not only to shower in the Ganga, but he wanted to go to the Ganga to find the sadhus and associate with them and hear the Bhagavadam. And that is the exact spot Sukadev Goswami came. There Shri Shri Radha Madanamati. So here you see this verse, the river Ganges, by which the king sat to fast, carries the most auspicious water, which is mixed with the dust of the lotus feet of the Lord and Tulasi. Yeah. Therefore, that water sanctifies the three worlds inside and outside, and it even sanctifies Lord Shiva and other demigods. Consequently, everyone who is destined to die must take shelter of this river. So why he says like that? 
not just take shelter of the river. Today we learn that we have to take shelter of the sadhus, the pure devotees who are, because the pure devotees live by the Ganga. In fact, they carry the Ganga in their heart. Huh? This pure, now you you thinking that you have to go to the Ganga and bathe to get rid of your sins. But if you take shelter of the pure devotee, like Prabhupada, the Ganga is there directly here also. What is that verse? Bhavad Vida Bhagavata Ashtirta Bhuta Swayam Vibho Tirti Kurvanti Tirtani Swanta Shtena Dhala Pratha Bhagavad Vida Bhagavatas. Oh Lord, oh my Lord, sorry, my Lord, devotees like your good self are verily holy places personified. They carry the holy places with them because they carry Hari in the heart. Because you carry the personality of Godhead within your heart, you turn all places into of pilgrimage. And that is the power of a pure devotee. They can even go to a place like Dubai or whatever. They can make that place into, like Prabhupada, he went to America, which is so sinful. The height of materialism is found in America. And here he went there in 70 years old. And he transformed that whole place into a place of pilgrimage. That is the power of a pure devotee. He brought Ganga with him. He brought Vrindavan with him. He brought Mayapur with him. You see? So that person you take shelter of to come out of this material world. So this spiritual master thing is not just a simple thing. It's not a joke. From this story itself, you can see how great they are. From the story of Ganga. And um, finally, the final point I want to make is yeah, there was a story as well, where in Kumbha Mela, when Prabhupada was present on the earth, there was Kumbha Mela. So Kumbha Mela, it happens every 12 years, you know, the at Prayak, right? There are three, what are the three rivers that merge together? Huh? Four places. Yeah. So they went to Prayak, Prabhupada went to Prayak with all the devotees. So three rivers come together, right? If I'm not wrong. What is that? Ganga? Ganga, Yamuna, Saraswati. These three rivers come together. So everybody comes to bathe in that river to cleanse their sin. All the sadhus of the of India, millions and millions of people, 70 million people in one place. The, the most um, crowded religious festival in the world. So at the time, Prabhupada also went there with all the devotees. They have a ISKCON tent and they were sitting inside the tent and they had a dip also in the water. and what happened in the next day, a person from another Sampradaya came with a bowl of water, of the Ganga water, and he came to the ISKCON tent and Prabhupada was sitting there, and he took the bowl of water, he went to Prabhupada's feet and he washed it, he washed his feet, and everybody was watching him, and, and he said that everybody, com- everybody comes here to bathe in the Ganga to cleanse their sins, but they don't realize that because you are bathing in the Ganga, their sins are going. So he said, he said, I'm going to take this water that I wash your feet, I'm going to pour this back into Ganga and help her. So this person understood the power of a pure devotee like Prabhupada. And all the devotees, they were watching this and they they learned something like, wow, this, our spiritual master, you know, he's not ordinary person. He He's here to, he's here, not, everybody's there to wash their sins, but Prabhupada is there to, is there to, pu- to purify Ganga. <laughs> you see? That is the power of a pure devotee. That is the power of a spiritual master like Prabhupada. And so you, you must understand how great that uh, favor he has done. Life after life, he has, we have suffering so many sins and so much of suffering and he has saved us like that. So we have so much to do for him. We cannot just take it easy must do our spiritual duty very seriously we must and of, of, of course of all the things we have to try our best to please him by preaching because that is something he always wanted that we should distribute these books we should make more devotees so as much as possible you try to do that you realize that Krishna will very much become dear to you you know so try your best don't New year, like I said, New Year there's a resolution every time uh, that according to statistics it only lasts for 25 days, you know. <laughs> so don't make this New Year, make a re- resolution now and make it 
a habit for your lifetime. Make sure you read daily Prabhupada books one hour a day. Now we are talking about preaching, that is another level. How you suddenly preach if you do not know how to preach. So you read, you have to read the books every day one hour and, and that has to flow in your blood. And when the thing, when, and when Prabhupada words flow in you, then you can open your mouth and preach. If not, it's very... So everybody's duty, you know, he, he, he sweat, blood, sweat and tears, he spilled to write all these books for us. And then he's just sitting there in our app like that. You know, so difficult to get this book in, the, in those days. So you read that those books, read every day, then you get the strength, then you understand this knowledge, then you can help people also come out of this sin. Like Bhagiratha, he wanted to help his forefathers bring Ganga here to purify them. The same way, we have to help the people of this world to come out of this material world and, and sinful life by giving the the Ganga which is flowing from the mouth of Prabhupada which is his books so this is our duty okay so um, we will end this class here anybody have any questions or points comments to be raised <coughs> we will just finally one, one last verse before we wrap up this is from the Chaitanya Charitamrita What this means? The dust of the feet of the devotee, the water that has washed the feet of the devotee, and the remnants of food left by a devotee are three powerful substances. So the dust of the feet means, dust doesn't mean that just you go and take the dust and put on your head. Yeah, you can do that, but the real dust means following in his footsteps following his instructions, that is the dust. If you take the dust, if you follow his instruction, it's as good as taking the dust. You see? Like, and then as we discussed, when you do that, you become purified. You come out of this illusion of this material world. And the water that has washed the feet of the devotee. So earlier we were talking about the story of how the devotee washed Prabhupada's feet and put it into the Ganga. And the remnants of the food left by the devotee. If you take, if you are fortunate enough to take the remnants of their food, like Narada Muni, he took the remnants of the sadhus as a small boy. Next life he became Narada Muni. So these are very powerful substances we can, um, especially the first one we have to do. The other two is quite difficult. But follow in the footsteps of Prabhupada and follow in the devotees who are teaching how to do that. We, you know, just like now in IIS camp, we have uh, Sundar Gopal Prabhu as Siksha instruction. Follow his instruction and you will please Prabhupada like that. So we will end here. Um, there is nothing else. We will stop here. Jai Grandaraj Srimad Bhagavad Gita Ki Jai Shula Prabhupada Ki Jai Nitai Gaur Premanandai